You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, the more that I've walked my faith out and the more that God has changed my mind and renewed things, I've realized Peter, Peter Mm kind of went through this thing when he was alone. Mm -hmm. He denied Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. So he was ashamed, right? And and he was afraid probably for his life. And Mm -hmm. the more that I've been around other believers, Mm -hmm. the more that God individually through time with him and Mm -hmm. time with other believers, the way that that has edified and built up my faith, that that's been important. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor. We're kicking off a new series called Unashamed, looking at a study through Romans. And who better to kick off a new series than with two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose. Good morning. Good Good to be here. Good morning. Great to have you. And we're joined by the doctor, Dr. Carl Fullingstead in the house. Carl, thanks for being here. Thank you, Taylor. Glad to be here as usual. It's great to have you. All right, Jose, not only would love to hear the behind the scenes on preparing for this message, but just even Romans as a whole. Why Romans? There's 65 other books in the Bible. So what's so yeah. significant about this and what our church needs to hear Romans in this season? Romans is a big one, an important one, and a few things. Number one, the title, Unashamed. I thought about the need for us to know what the Bible says, what the Bible stands for. I didn't use this word on Sunday, but we'll hear it a lot in the Sundays to come, a biblical worldview. So Romans does an amazing job uh, going in depth of what that biblical worldview is as as we follow Jesus and uh, the implications of it. So we'll look at sin, and that's a big part of our biblical worldview here this coming Sunday, um, understanding the gravity of it and thus the need for a savior. So for this message, we have, yeah, Dr. Folingstad here in the in the studio who, who was um, kind enough to, to meet with me. We weren't able to meet in person given the storm and everything. So we Zoom, Zoom had to suffice. And Carl, you wouldn't, you're a very humble guy, so you wouldn't just announce this, but remind us what your PhD is in because um, that's important for this conversation. Uh, linguistics and biblical Hebrew. Yes, yes. So, so how you, to translate stuff. Yeah, basically. How to translate stuff. Yeah, how to translate the word of God. That's right. So I uh, asked if he would be willing to help and, um, you know, help shape this this series. And uh, he was kind enough to do that, kind Mm -hmm. of to join us today. So thanks, Carl, for both of those things. Always a pleasure, especially about Romans. Yeah, let's let's jump in here, just even talking about this first section here. But before that, even the theme itself, Unashamed, and as both of y'all have read this book and dove into this book as we unpack this as a series, um, what is kind of the... Uh, underlying heart behind just that concept of being unashamed, because we can we can understand the gospel, we can kind of read some of the the truths in this verse or these this book. But what's so significant about the life change that happens and just the way we live unashamed moving forward? Yeah, I look I look at Paul, so that's what uh, caught my eye. He says it right off the bat. This is the theme verse, Romans one sixteen. I, I, I'm unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to save all those who believe, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And you see this transformation in Paul from a Pharisee, mm-hmm. uh, a PhD, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it, it, to a different way of life. And and now he has an encounter with Jesus. His life is transformed and he's unashamed now for the gospel. So this this transition, we all have to 
we all have to do and make in some way in our life mm-hmm. to, to be unashamed for Jesus right. and recognize what he's done for us. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to, yeah, be inspired to be unashamed. Yeah, and the fact that he even, you know, w- what do we assume uh, underneath having to say, I'm not ashamed, that implies that there's reason that you could be ashamed. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right, and so uh, you know the the for Paul, it was that coming down from uh, you know um, being a Jewish rabbi, and and then you know having Gentiles come into the church, and uh, his whole story. But then there's also the culture thing. So you've got you know Roman culture, which is you know, that'll be impact to, uh, next Sunday in in a big way. But so there's things about the Christian message that could possibly theoretically make you ashamed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul's personal story, or even the fact that this worldview that he's uh, talking about is going to be foolishness to the Greeks, because they think, you know, they spiritualize everything, and it's, you know, why, why would you want to resurrect anyway? Yeah. So they have trouble with that. And then the Jews, it's uh, it's salvation by grace and not by following the Torah. So they have problems with it. And then you could add other cultures and just say, well, um, it's a very narrow way uh, even though it's inclusive, it's very hard, a hard way too. So that's a shameful thing. Thinking of our own culture, you know, to to be exclusive in any way right. is a is a real shameful thing for you to have a position of having that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What, what ways already? On uh, as far as we're looking at just the first week, the first uh, verses here in this passage, but already speaking to that similarity between the cultures and just how how is that significant? How have you seen the the similarities there between just the culture that Paul's writing to in Romans and what y'all have seen now in our in our current day? Well, talking about my life, I think about early on in my faith, I, I, there was shame when it came to identifying myself as a Christian. Yeah, in fact, yeah. I would say I don't want to be labeled a Christian. I want to be labeled a Jesus follower. And and uh, then before I knew it, and I was like, Christian will do. I mean, Christ, you know, Ian, uh, I'm one of, I'm one with Christ. I'm one of them. And, and then, you know, the more that I've walked my faith out and the more that God has changed my mind and, and renewed uh, things, I've, I've realized P- Peter, Peter mm-hmm. kind of went through this thing when he was alone. Mm-hmm. He denied Jesus three times, mm-hmm. so he was ashamed, right? Oh, yeah. And, and right. he was afraid, probably, for mm-hmm. for uh, his life. And mm-hmm. the more that I've been around other believers, mm-hmm. the more that God individually, uh, through through time with Him and mm-hmm. time with other believers, the way that that has edified and built up my faith, that that's been important. So in our culture, we have a choice to make. Are, are we going to, you know, again, what Romans 12 says, are we going to be, are we going to conform to the patterns of the world or are we going to be transformed? And I think community right. plays a big part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Jose, uh, your message on Sunday, you talked about how to live unashamed in kind of two different sections here. One is to know the gospel, and then second is to be transformed by the gospel. So this first part here of knowing the gospel, uh, I love to get practical here on the Conversations podcast. What does that look like as far as for someone that wants to take a step in that direction? So first, just knowing the gospel, you unpacked a few even characteristics about the gospel knows us and how mm-hmm. God knows us mm-hmm. through the gospel. But what are just some ways in which we can live that out this week as far as just that first part on knowing the gospel. Yeah, I think uh, that one little exercise, practice saying it out loud, one sentence, what what is the gospel? Mm -hmm. And going a step further, go ahead and share that with somebody. You can start with a Christian, you know, friend, somebody in your community group, and, and then take that bold step. 
and say, hey, and, 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 and attach it to, to a story, something that's going on in life. Hey, you know, this terrible thing is happening or this unfortunate circumstance is happening, but I, I have faith because of what Jesus has done for me, you know, and, and insert the gospel in, in conversation and as, as we share that with others. Yeah, I really appreciated your um, <clears throat> summary of the gospel because that's huge, right, for this whole epistle and for our faith in general. What is, because there's a lot of opinions on what the gospel is. And so to compare and contrast what Paul's going to be bringing out in Romans as opposed to what the common thoughts are about what a gospel of salvation looks like, um, I think that's a really helpful thing for us to do just to... Uh, compare and contrast, then it sharpens the focus on what uh, um, what is the gospel. I remember one time going to church and there was a, a person there that I, I knew really didn't care for Christianity that much. And I said, oh, so why are you coming to church? And uh, the person said, well, it was world peace. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's true in a way. But um, in other words, it was like a UN kind of gospel for her, that I person. Yeah. So they were at, in church because they were a UN gospel kind of person, yeah. right? So yeah. just kind of knowing what the essence of it is that you brought out so well, yeah. that statement. Uh, yeah, the rescue and restore, the good news of, yes. of Jesus, that he came to rescue and restore all of humanity through his life, death, and resurrection. Right, so it's a Christian manifesto of what a kingdom looks like, what salvation looks yeah. like. It's got its own term. And, you know, just kind of digging into that whole thing because there's a lot of salvations around. Yeah. 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 What, what would you say, Taylor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how no. would you, how would you live that out? Yeah. No, I, I think it's first off, I think, like you said, knowing the gospel, studying the gospel for me, even just uh, reading the gospel of either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, just seeing the way Jesus modeled that because I think he, he obviously did that super well. And I think, yeah, being around community, talking about it, living it out, uh, I think are really key parts of that. And just developing, it can be so easy, at least for me to to weave into like the head knowledge on a lot of this stuff, like gaining knowledge about, okay, what Jesus did, who he was, what, you know, like you were saying, Jose, just trying to get the words right on how to describe the gospel when there is so much of that relational aspect that ties into that second piece about being transformed by the gospel that that Jesus, you know, he he knows me and he, he wants to have a deep relationship with me. And so just being able to really sit in that and abide in him in that is gonna help me um, grow in my maturity to grow in the ability to live unashamed. So I think that would be a part that that I would add here. But Mm -hmm. that second part, I feel like you can't have either one of these without the other. So you you gotta know the gospel and then allowing it to be transformed, allowing you to be transformed by the gospel. Jose, you had two kind of sub points here. We're loved by God and called to be his holy people. And then the power of God to rescue and restore. I'd love for y'all just to maybe unpack a little bit about what, what would be so significant about having both of these and what would be the dangers if you only have one. So if you're just Mm -hmm. focused on, uh, you know, knowing the gospel Mm -hmm. or maybe to your point, Carl, where there's a lot of different definitions of the gospel, right. but you're wanting to be transformed by whatever that definition is. So what is so significant about having both of these hand in hand? Well, that's huge. I mean, uh, you know, the, the old doctrine and application, if you read any of Paul's epistles, you know, typically the first third or first half is doctrine, and then he applies it at the mm. end. And chapter 12 is the pivot point, that's right? Therefore, that, therefore. therefore. Shebang. And so uh, the thing is, you can't just grab application alone because um, you... Paul's explaining why and who we are and how it works before we can actually go do it properly. Because there's a lot of things we can do in the human action and human view. You know, we can have all sorts of views, but unless it's grounded in the truth of the gospel, it's 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 kind of like scattered. 
Yeah. It's scattered uh, advocacy, scattered whatever. Mm. It's just not focused and laser focused. And so um, having the two together, it's like a, it's like a marriage. You know, you need two partners, mm. um, one without the other. Doctrine alone without application mm. Um, well, it's good that you know these things, and so do the demons, and they tremble. But, you know, you, you can know in the head and the truth realm, but unless it's experientially coming out in, in, the, in, uh, in your life, it, you're missing half the partner in the, in the, in the marriage. In, in Tiap, the Nigerian language we worked in and did a New Testament, and they had a beautiful distinction between uh, uh, kind of doctrine and application. If you give truth to something, you're saying wakachuchuk, which means you give truth to something. Like somebody says something, you agree with it. You give truth to it. That's part of it. That's like doctrine. But then there's wakfo, which means to give your neck to something, wow. which means that's the trust element of the personal side. So you can actually believe something, wakachuchuk, yeah. but it doesn't have any transformative power. You need the wakfo. Uh, which means, you know, risk your neck for whatever the thing you're trusting in. And so it's together, but it has to be the right truth. Otherwise, you know, that's right. there's a lot of people that are zealous without knowledge. You know, there's a lot of that going around. And in, in Islam, you know, we face that a lot, you know, mm -hmm. where you've got a lot of great zeal, but it's misguided. It's and yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you're here, Carl. I know <laughs> that's so good, good. Such a good tidbit. We need to we need to bring that into our our sayings. What is it? Give uh, your neck to something. Yeah. <laughs> what you know, was the word for it again? What was it? Fo. 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 There you go. <laughs> I was thinking about the difference between judgment and discernment. So when uh, we are full of information, when we're only doctrine based, when we know the truth up here in our head it tends to lead to judgment. It tends to lead to superiority. It tends to lead to, I know something you don't. I know something that's better, or you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the right, you're in the wrong. But when we follow Jesus, there's only one right and one wrong. We're wrong, he's right. <laughs> there's only us, one, us, us versus them, right? It's all of us who receive grace. And then there's them who, who don't, who, who reject the gospel, but Really, in God's eyes, we all fall under mm -hmm. His His grace. So uh, we need to be about the uh, going, doing, because of the gospel, because of the truth of Jesus. And it very practically it helps me when I see something that is wrong. If it lacks uh, action, then in my life it falls under judgment. Um, but when I have discernment and I choose love mm -hmm. in action, then then I see something that you know God wants to mm -hmm. do through that. Mm. That's good. That's good. Jose, towards the end of your message, you uh, camped out in this concept of righteousness. You brought up 2 Corinthians 5.21 and just this term that we're going to hear a lot in the course yeah. of this, this series and throughout this book. Uh, what is righteousness? What does that look like for someone that's maybe newer to church and listening? Uh, that sounds like a <laughs> kind of maybe an intimidating word or a churchy word. So so what yeah. is so significant about that? And I just laugh because that quote you had where it had like yeah, righteousness. God is like righteous. Righteously righteousing unrighteous individuals. Yeah, say that yeah. five times fast. I don't think I can. But yeah. what, what is what does that mean? I'm what, gonna what yield, is? I'm going to yield to the doctor <laughs> in the house because we started talking about this, and I didn't know that I was stepping basically in a you know bunch of landmines uh, historically in the church. This has been a, a big 
topic of debate for centuries. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe we can winnow down to the application side of things, but I'd love to hear, Carl. Well, this is the big, uh, along with the gospel of Jesus, this is the other big term, the righteousness of God uh, being revealed. Uh, it's got a lot of aspects. It could be understood, and it is in certain contexts, as the righteousness God gives us. That's how Luther understood it. That broke open the Reformation. You know, it's not God being a holy, righteous judge that I have no hope of ever reaching, which he tried to do, but it's the righteousness that Christ, that God gives me in Christ of through grace. Right standing and, before yeah, right God. Standing. And that, that's uh, true, and in certain parts of the Romans, that's exactly what it is, and that one you use from 1 Corinthians, I think. Yeah, tw- uh, 521. 521, yeah. That, that is the kind of righteousness imputed to us, right? So it's the righteousness that God gives, but it also is the righteousness that he has, as God. So, you know, in the big picture, uh, it's also true that God is revealing his righteous character by the way he justifies sinners, right? So the, the, the whole thing about um, uh, righteousness by faith alone, that you have to come through Christ on the cross to satisfy the demands of the law of a holy God, that's God's righteousness being enacted in a, like a big picture macro wow. way. Like meta way. That was for you, Taylor. Just a meta way. So there's righteousness of God being kind of like God's righteous creation restoring action to bring humanity back to himself because it's a fallen humanity and it's groaning. We're groaning personally and we're groaning as creation for God to restore us through the kingdom of God and through grace in Christ and not by human plans. Uh, Jose, how do we take that and live that out? How do you want us to live in light of righteousness? And how do we, how do we live more righteously in our walks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, looking up something here because I didn't say this, but it's, oh, I can't find it. Oh, there it is. Jesus became what we are so that we can become like him. Mm-hmm. And when... I start understanding, chewing on that, I start understanding the depth of his righteousness right. that is both mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. and has been given to us. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's humbling. Mm-hmm. It, it should bring about awe and worship, mm-hmm. which is what makes Romans so beautiful mm-hmm. is it, mm-hmm. it really unravels the simplicity yet the complexity and incredible miracle that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it, I hope that as we continue through the right. book, we fall in love more, more with him. Yeah, for instance, in Islamic culture, this whole righteousness by faith is a, a total God-breathed moment for them because it's all about you don't you never have any assurance. God on judgment day could say, yeah, you did all my commandments, but I just don't like you very much. <laughs> so there's no assurance unless you do jihadi work, right? And if you um, can, can uh, blow yourself up and help, you know, uh, die for the cause, sometimes you can guarantee your salvation. They, they, they kind of uh, make people wait until they do yeah. something drastic to gain your salvation, right? So that's kind of the Islamic view of righteousness, whereas it's imputed to us in Christ in, in Romans. And then I'm thinking also, you think of the Communist Party, even in China, okay, so they don't like two books, especially of the Bible. They don't like Revelation because it shows the kingdom of Jesus winning over all kingdoms mm. of men. Mm. They don't like that because communism is a kingdom of man. Yeah. They also don't like, guess what? Romans. Oh, Romans. Because they don't like 
the fact that a, a righteous character is given through Christ on the cross and not done by your own efforts. Yeah. You're supposed to be a good citizen mm. or a good comrade. And so that's how you get a righteous society. And, and to uh, stress the righteousness given by Christ uh, is immoral because it, it demeans a virtuous communist citizenship, right? Mm. So that's, it's interesting that both Very, Islam yeah, and yeah. communism don't like Romans. Would, would you add our individualistic culture to, to that in the sense that we want to boast in our own performance? We want to be a self-made man. Mm -hmm. And so this really yeah. hits to our sinful nature of, you know, becoming God himself, right? Right. I, th I think, yeah, performance, right? It's all about performance. We're, we're still a meritocracy, although that's changing. But, uh, you know, you basically have to come up with the goods in order to get the job, in order to do that. And that's kind of how we approach our faith sometimes. So, yeah, I, the, yeah we have a worldview of that in our own non-communist, non-Islamic right. society. Right. So, yeah, right. whatever uh, worldview circle you draw, it has the same issues in, in different ways. Th that's what I hope this series does, that it offends us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and corrects us mm -hmm. and then brings us back to the heart of God. Mm -hmm. So, Carl, thanks for being here. Yeah. It's a fun thanks conversation. I think we're going to have uh, more soon. So, looking forward to this. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Looking forward to the next conversation.